If your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 10. We're going to read the first eight verses. So Acts chapter 10, 1 to 8. I want to talk about prayer today. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman officer named Cornelius. He was the captain of an Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. He said, what is it, sir? And the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He was staying with Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants, and he told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. Father, we just pray your blessing upon your word here this morning. Lord, we just uh, thank you that we're able to still meet today and that, Lord, we're still able to proclaim your gospel, Lord, through the airways and online. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for that opportunity and that blessing, and we just pray blessing on all who are watching today and all who are here. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning, I just want to share with you in this area of prayer that we still need to pray. Prayer is not something that we should lay aside as Christians or, or put on a back burner, but something that we continually need to do. And this week, we got some more bad news with more restrictions, another variant, not what we wanted to hear, and a lot of people are very, very upset. People are calling their members of parliament, calling their premier's office, which are things you should do if you are upset with these latest decisions. But something else that I want to talk to you about that we should also be doing, if not more importantly doing, is to pray. We all have our opinions, and we're all entitled to those opinions. We all may differ in our approaches that our government should take, but a question I think we really need to ask ourselves and that God is asking us is, have you prayed about it? See, prayer is so essential, and I think many of us as Christians that we're missing it. We're concentrating on other things instead of the need to pray, especially when we look around us and see all that is happening in our world right now. What is God saying to the church? What is God saying to us as believers today? I really believe that God is looking to see if the church will respond with prayer. I think God maybe is asking, where are my people of prayer? Where is my praying church? Is my house a house of prayer or is it a house of opinions? Where is the praying church? What kind of effort is the church putting towards prayer, and especially towards this whole situation of covid and what our government leaders are doing. But I want to tell you something. The Bible is quite clear what our response needs to be as Christians. 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 3 says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf. Give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so you can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior. 
Now, I know we all can be good at complaining and expressing our viewpoints. I know I can be. That's why I've been staying off social media and trying to stay away from the news as well because I don't want to go there. But a thing that we really need to do is examine ourselves and say, well, have you been praying about this? I know we're all expressing our viewpoints and our thoughts, but how many of us are actually praying about this and really beseeching God to intervene in this whole situation of this COVID thing? I know for myself, I've been really feeling God saying to me that I need to pray more. In fact, I've also been sensing God tell me I want you to fast more. And I've been doing those things. I've been obedient to those things. But I think it's an admonishment that needs to be heard for the whole church of Canada, that we need to pray more. And when things are affecting our nation like they are, God calls us to pray. That's our response that needs to be there. God calls us to pray for such things as peace in our nation. As you look at our nation right now, we're a divided nation. Our homes are divided. Our political parties are divided. Even in single political parties, there's divisions in everything out there right now. God says we're to be praying godliness in our nation. We're to be praying about dignity in our nation. We're to be praying about the, the freedom to live quiet lives. And I kind of wonder, are we praying about any of those things? Or are we just doing the easy thing, which is to complain and argue with one another? God wants us to pray. And I really believe that God has been calling the church over these last years, even over this last decade, to be praying. I believe God wants the church to be called a praying church again. And he's looking for faith. He's looking for faithful people to pray. I know we quote this verse so often, and I think sometimes we're just discarding it instead of listening to it. Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and restore their land. Kind of sounds like a real simple formula to see our land healed and restored. This is what God's saying to us. Do you want your land restored? Do you want your land healed? Then he says, if my people, Christian people, will pray. I can tell you with clarity that God is looking for people of faith to rise up and pray. And when people of faith begin to pray, things begin to happen. I'm going to be showing you a short video tonight in our prayer meeting about a church that is experiencing quite a move of the supernatural and seeing miracles take place. And I find it interesting that this church now is, they're praying five times a week. They're gathering for five times a week just to pray. Prayer works. Prayer moves the hand of God. Prayer moves mountains. Prayer moves governments. Even moves in the demonic realm. But for prayer to work, we obviously need to pray and put effort to those prayers. Again, God is looking for people. He's looking for churches who will pray that he might move supernaturally upon. And as we talk about that, isn't that something that this church wants? I know that we do. We've always been seeking that, that we need to pray. This is what we see in the early church as well in the book of Acts. And in this story here, we read about the apostle Peter and the centurion Cornelius. This group that was with the centurion were people that they weren't even part of a church yet. In many ways, uh, they were also 
unlikely people to experience the move of God. They were not Jews. They were Gentiles, which are non-Jews. And there were Romans who were considered the enemies of the Jewish people. But as a centurion Roman began to pray and practice righteousness and a generous lifestyle, the Bible says God heard him and God responded to him. Why? Because God is looking for people who will pray. And he's saying to us today that we still need to pray. And I want to encourage you towards that, that we would pray. And I want to take a look at this story just a little bit closer to to see the kind of people that God responds to when they pray. So again, we see a Roman officer, a centurion, a captain of an Italian regiment, an unlikely person up to this point to be touched by the gospel. Because at this point, the gospel really was only being spoken to the Jewish people, not to the people that were outside the Jewish faith. But we need to understand that God looks far further than what we do. And he's not limited to our religious views or our opinions, but will move upon anyone who will seek after him. And so I want to look at this passage to see what what caught God's eye. What, What caught God's eye with this man, Cornelius, that many would consider very unlikely that God would do anything for this person because he wasn't a Jew. He didn't really belong to a church at that time. And the gospel was really just being shared with Jewish people up to that point. So what caught God's attention? Well, the first thing that we see about this man that caught God's attention was that he was a devout, God-fearing man. Acts 10.2. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. So he was a deeply religious man, very sincere, fully committed individual. As a soldier, he, he knew what authority was, and he knew what was expected of higher authorities. And he was sold on the idea that God was real, and that God had all authority, far above his. He had a high reverence for God, a healthy respect of God, which is really something that's very important because over 300 times in the Bible, it does tell us that we need to fear the Lord. I think that needs to come back into the church of today, that the fear of the Lord comes back. I think we need to realize that God is our authority, and he has authority over all things. We sang that. How great is our God? Do we believe that as Christians? Or have we kind of, you know, got worn down that, oh, why bother to pray? Nothing seems to happen, and Have we been worn down not to believe? I think we need to be crying out, believing that God is able to do all things. He has all authority over nations, over governments. Our fear should not be what the world can do to us, but rather what God can do to us. A healthy fear of God helps us to live right. It helps us to keep our word. It helps us to treat others with kindness and respect. The man did he had a reputation of being a devout, God-fearing man. And obviously, this affected all those around him as well, because it says the whole household was also devout and God-fearing. That tells us this was a very serious group of God-seekers. They really didn't know exactly what they were seeking, but they were just seeking God in general. And we're looking to him. And something that Peter 
also recognized after he met these individuals. And he tells us in verses 34 and 35 of Acts 10, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. So God is looking for people who will be devout, serious about their relationship with God, serious Christians who will live their lives with a healthy fear and respect of God. That's what he's looking for. Another area that catches God's attention was that this centurion was a generous giver. Acts 10.2, he was the devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor. This man was a generous man, unselfish, gracious, willing to give in big ways, willing to share with others, which is really the New Testament ideal to give more than just to a church or a, a, a synagogue, but to give beyond that. That's what God calls us to do. He calls us to be generous with others, and especially people of need. And as we know from Scripture, that generous giving gets God's attention. Generous giving shows us that, our, that we have a genuine love for God. The man was a generous giver to his community, Probably to his local synagogue as well as the Jewish people respected him. And the Bible does tell that God does love generous givers, cheerful givers. Givers get God's attention. Look what I said of him, this centurion in verse 31 of Acts 10. He said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. That's pretty clear reference that God notices what we give. God knows how we respond to him. And whether it's with generosity or whether it's not with generosity, God notices that. And it sounds pretty clear to me that this is what grabs his attention when we're generous. 2 Corinthians 9, 9 to 11 says, As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Let's talk about being noticed. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he'll provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you'll be enriched in every way so you can always be generous. That's important to God. God takes note of that when we're generous. As we practice generosity in our giving to God and our giving to others. And the Bible says he'll be attentive to us. It may not seem as we look at our situation in our world right now that this is a time to give. But you know what? Giving is the best thing we can do in hard times. It was interesting. I was reading a, a report this week of a church. And uh, they were talking about this COVID time and being online, having services, and this whole issue. And, and the gentleman got talking about that they're rather surprised that Giving has started to increase. And I think, like, yeah, that's good to hear that people are adjusting and starting to give, even if they can't be there in person, that they're giving online. And people are beginning to be generous. That's a great thing to do to get God's attention. Then thirdly, this centurion got God's attention as he was a person who prayed regularly. Verse 2 again of chapter 10. He was a devout, God-fearing man as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. 
Regularity means consistency, habitual, steady, reoccurring. It's not a one-time thing or something that a person does occasionally. He demonstrated a seriousness in his prayer life, praying consistently. So it wasn't a hit or a miss or pray when it's convenient. Obviously, he kept a very structured time of prayer. And one of those times of prayer for him was the afternoon. For it was 3 o'clock that he had a vision from God. And this was, if you follow the Jewish uh, more of a prayer, prayer pattern, they would pray three times a day. And this would be the second time uh, to be praying. And so obviously he was following the Jewish pattern of prayer and was consistently doing this day after day after day. And it kind of makes me look at ourselves and I, I wonder how many of us set aside three times a day and we commit to that and we pray three times a day, let alone one time a day. See, that's where we need to get. We need to get to a place where we are consistent in prayer, where we don't allow things and schedules to miss up our day that we set aside prayer. It's very important that we pray. It gets God's attention. Matthew 7, 7 to 8, it says, Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. A consistent and regular prayer life goes a long ways in getting God's attention. Think of people in the Bible like Daniel, very consistent in prayer. Amazing things happen to him. Think of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that prayer was huge for him. The Apostle Paul uh, very strong in this whole area of prayer and, and telling us that it's very important for us to be praying. And that the time that we're living in, especially in troubling times, we need to pray. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. So in troubling times, what we need to do? Keep on praying. We still need to pray. Don't give up on prayer. I know that the enemy can mess with our minds and say, you know, you've been praying for this long, you've been praying for that long, and this hasn't happened. No, we got to keep praying, especially if we see that we're in trouble. We're to keep praying. Have regular times of prayer with God. Troubling times, if you haven't noticed, are here, and God calls us to pray, and as we pray, we'll get God's attention. Then fourthly, we see that the centurion was a well-respected man that caused him to be noticed by God as well. Verse 22 of Acts 10 says, We were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout, God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews. So Cornelius was a man respected in the community, held in high regard, considered as a man of honor. Even the Jewish people respected him despite the fact that he was a Roman officer. He'd be one of the ones enforcing the rules. But they, he was still well-respected. People who are respected have good testimonies. And they're not just noticed by a community. They're also noticed by God himself. And really, as Christians, every one of us should be an individual that has respect in our community. 
Because respect is something we should guard. We really should. Because respect draws people to the gospel. Having a reputation of respect is important, and it's actually included in the qualifications of elders and deacons in the church. First Timothy 3, 2, church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, have a good reputation. Then a few verses later, speaking of deacons, in the same way, deacons must be well-respected and have integrity. Being well-respected is obviously important to God. It gets his attention. We need to be guarding our reputation and what we do. And more so out there than in here. In here, we should be able to forgive one another and put up with one another. But outside the church, that's where the reputation is really important. It really is. Not just to us, but to God himself. And then lastly, and what God notices we see that this centurion was a righteous man. The apostle Peter, in meeting this man and hearing about his dedication, referred to him as a man who did right. Listen to what he says, Acts 10, 35. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. See, Peter was surprised himself that God is moving on these Gentiles because at that point, the gospel hadn't really gone out to the Gentiles yet. It was just to the Jewish people. And here's Peter, the, the leader of the apostles, being surprised that God is beginning to move upon every nation. And he recognized that he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. To be righteous is to be a person that's concerned about righteousness. Things that are good, things that are lovely, uh, things that are just. It's acting justly, being upright, morally correct. Involves right living according to the word of God, not according to our opinions. Very important quality that really gets God's attention. In fact, the Bible says that God is looking over the whole world for people that are living right. He really is. 1 Peter 3.12, it says, The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. And his ears are attentive to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. That's pretty clear. God's looking. He's looking for righteous people. He's looking for people who are doing the right things. Because those are the people that he's attentive to. And he's saying, those are the people I want to answer their prayers. So that's pretty clear. Tremendous favor is there when we live in right ways. James 5, 16 says, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Righteousness makes a difference. Gets us noticed. And if we want to be effective in our prayers, we need to continue to strive to live right. Righteousness gets God's attention. May we examine ourselves that we might continue and living our lives according to the word of God. Because it gets God's attention. He's looking for that. So in closing this morning, I hope you realize that we still need to be praying. We still need to keep calling out to God. Maybe a lot of people have started praying about COVID, but kind of gave up. Well, you know what? COVID isn't giving up, so we need not give up. We need to keep on praying. Keep seeking the Lord. Let's create an atmosphere for things to change in this province, in our nation, 
and in our world because God is looking for people who will rise up to that challenge to pray. And not just praying at home, that when there's an opportunity that you can come to church, and I know with all these things going on, it's a little bit more difficult, but we do need to pray corporately as well. Because a little prayer here, a little prayer there basically has little effect. But when we get serious about prayer, everything changes. And if we're going to go through hardships, our job really is not to complain and argue or even post our displeasures on social media, but recognize we as a body of Christ need to come together and pray. James 5.13, are any of you suffering hardships? What's the answer? You should pray. You should pray. See, I believe God's word to the church in Canada is to come together and pray. That that's the response that's needed from all of our churches. That we would pray that we'd be in a place spiritually where God will take notice. Just like this centurion, being devout, God-fearing, generous, respectable, righteous, being in a place that catches God's attention. And if you read the rest of this story here in Acts chapter 10, we didn't read all the story. But as you read the rest of the story, we see that this community that was with this centurion, that they did receive the gospel, that they did receive and experience salvation. Not only did they experience that, they also experienced an outbreak of the Holy Spirit. They got water baptized. They got filled with the Holy Spirit. They started a whole new trend where people of all backgrounds from all around the world started experiencing God in a fresh way and in having salvation. They were that first group. Isn't that interesting? All because they got noticed by God. Got noticed by God. So let's rise to that challenge. We still need to pray. God is looking for the church to pray. He's looking to see how serious we'll take prayer before we see a major intervention in our world. I believe God's calling the whole church of Canada to pray. May we heed the challenge and may we pray. May we be the force in our community right here to start praying, start believing God for this community to be different. And as we do, we will see the hand of God move. But we got to pray. We got to pray. So Jesus, as we think about prayer today, sometimes, Lord, we haven't been faithful to pray. Sometimes, Lord, we've gotten occupied with other things and we've not prayed as we should. Lord, I pray as we see all these troubling things that are happening in our world and in our nation and in our province, that, Lord, that we would take this matter more seriously with you in prayer. And that, Lord, that we'd get seriously about committing ourselves to pray for our, our nation to pray for our leaders, to pray about this COVID and sickness and disease. Lord, to, to be praying against injustices and, and things that are being done that are wrong. Lord, we just want to bring all of that to you. And Lord, we recognize that as we do, there will be a response. There will be a response. Lord, I believe there's a response of heaven waiting to be released but you're also waiting for more people to begin to pray. You're looking to see, are we going to respond or not? And God, we want to say, yes, we will. 
Yes, I am, God. I, I'm going to respond to that, Lord. I'm going to be one of those people that's going to start praying more. I'm going to be one of those people, Lord, to be faithful to you and have a godly fear in my life. And Lord, Lord, to live righteously and to follow in your ways, to be serious about my faith in God. But I'm going to storm heaven. I'm going to believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think. That, Lord, you're still able to do so today. You have the name above all other names. How great is our God. How great is our God. May we be reminded of that today. How great is our God. I realize that for some folks that that really you're having a hard time to sing it. Because you've been, because of circumstances maybe, I don't know the exact reasons, but you've kind of come to that place that why bother? Why bother? Well, you need to bother because he's still the Almighty. And he's still a God that is looking to us to see if we will start taking seriously the things that he tells us to be serious about. And as we're serious about those things, he will move. Don't give up on prayer. We still need to be praying. We still need to be praying over our nation. We still need to be praying over our province. We still need to be praying over our Lakeland region. And so, Father, here today, we want to say, yes, God, we're going to do that. God, we're going to up our prayer life. We're going to up that prayer time. Lord, we're going to purposely focus on these things that are happening in our world right now. And, Lord, ask for your intervention. And, Lord, we recognize the greatest intervention can be is that this COVID goes. Let there be healing released in our land from coast to coast, from sea to sea, from north to south, from east to west. May we see, Lord, a moving of your Holy Spirit and an end to this virus that is affecting so many people right now. Father, bless your people today. Touch your people today. Move in their hearts and in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 